0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Gals of Geekdom podcast. I am one of your hosts, Crystal Williams. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm joined by my equally talented, amazing, lovely co-hosts, Ashley and Lizzie.
1: Hi! Hello! My name is Ashley. You can call me Ash. My pronouns are she, they. Uh,
2: My name is Lizzie. My pronouns are she or he.
0: Whatever floats our boats. Yeah. Sounds are cool. I also realize that the three other hosts besides me of this show have names that often end in Y. <laughs> With E sound. Uh, and I am the lone person, so I guess you're just going to have to call me crystal
2: No, 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 Crystal, you've already got Y. You're just cre- cre- cre.
0: <laughs> Cree. Cree? Cree. 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 Like the MCU aliens,
2: <laughs> I guess. Oh, I okay. I don't want. Oh, okay. I I haven't watched the show, so I don't want. Wait, I
0: don't want to talk to spoilers about that because I oh, actually do uh, want to see it just to like uh, to see it. Really?
1: Because I heard it was. I heard
2: it. Awful. I heard a thing that makes me very
1: mad.
0: <laughs> I uh, please don't spoil. I do want to see it actually. I'm, I'm,
1: not, okay. I'm not going to spoil it, but at the same time, I don't care if you do spoil it for me. <laughs>
0: Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm going to watch it. I that's on my it's list. Like, I'm not yeah, like
1: I, I know, I know all the spoilers about the show, but I've
0: been avoiding it. I just want to see it for myself to make up my own mind. Uh but yes, people have been talking about it. Um, so
1: speaking you know, of things that plenty of people are talking about, plenty of people are talking about these two movies that are in theaters right now. You may have heard of them. Yeah, uh, called, talk uh... to
0: talk to me and the baker, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I actually, I actually
0: did see *Talk to Me*. <laughs> should, I'm, I really like it made I heard it's good.
1: It is very good.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I want to see that. it. I That's also, I, I also want to see the Baker with, uh, with uh, Ron Perlman.
1: Uh, there's also. Are you familiar? <laughs> uh, there's also a haunted mansion movie in theaters right now? I, I, I actually, actually want, want to see it. Literally it. no one... I'm, well, okay, now now I can't say literally no one gives a fuck because you just said you wanted to see it, but not My, a lot of people... I do.
2: My girlfriend really wants me to take her to see it, which I will be doing when I am down in San Diego soon. So,
0: also, so it was bad is, t- timing of, of the release, too. It should have been October.
2: Why the fuck wasn't it? Or at least... I, I don't, don't know. Her. I don't know. <sighs> at least September... It's fine when we start doing Halloween in September. I have no issues with that whatsoever.
1: But yeah, like, like Saw, no. Saw 10 is being released at the end of September, and that yeah. makes sense.
2: But it's fucking July.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> no surprise, Haunted Mansion is on track to be another flop. You know, shit. How many, how many big, big blockbuster flops has does that make for this summer?
0: Uh... Mission Impossible kind of didn't do as high, right?
1: Uh I wouldn't say it's flopping, but it's it's underperforming.
0: And Flash was
1: bad. No, that that was a bomb. Like I saw it, I didn't think it was like horrible or anything, but it's not that great either.
0: It's on my list to watch. I'm going to watch that too. I I Yeah, yeah, that's, like, that's 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 on my list of things I will see when I get the opportunity to uh and i can't wait to actually like dive into it and see like cuz i've heard either people say that it's just kind of like okay or it's horrible and i
1: it's not horrible like like the the
0: way that people, that, that people talk about online seems a little say, bit yeah
1: people want to say that it's horrible because Ezra Miller's in it and i get that but it's it's really not that bad which one? I'm sorry? The the, C- the Flash. CGI is terrible, though.
2: Oh, The Flash. And I don't, here's the thing, ultimately, is that I don't, it's probably not actually, like, the worst movie ever made.
1: No, it's not, right it, it's, I'm sure it's not. I really doubt that. I'm sure that a lot of
2: about it are actually fine. And I, I also imagine, frankly, a lot of the acting is probably also good. Like, we can all sit around and talk about how much we hate Ezra Miller, but Ezra Miller's not a terrible actor. But, like,
0: no,
2: they're not. They're, they, they just aren't. Um, but, like, it's, I I feel like the failure of The Flash has less to do with like whether how good or bad a movie it actually is and more the fact that as an entity it's kind of the coalition of everything that is a problem in the world right now to a degree from the, from the, 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 um, the way everybody's annoyed with the studios junking Batgirl. And things like that, you know, deleting projects off the face of existence, from the uh, not paying actors properly to the existence of Ezra Miller, this objectively this abusive criminal being protected and propped up by the studio, to the um, the the sort of CGI puppetry of using the the faces and likeness of of dead of long dead actors. Yeah, we should have been, we been.
1: Yeah, exactly. We should have been way louder about that shit when they did it with Harold Ramis in Ghostbusters Afterlife because that didn't, didn't sit right the when that
2: happened. I still haven't but, seen it, so I didn't know that happened.
1: Yeah, it did happen. I'm sorry, but yes, it did happen.
2: And it's it's like. <clears throat> And also just, I think, a general somewhat – and I, I still like superhero movies as a genre and as a, as an entity. I don't want them to be gone. But I also think there is a general public fatigue with it. Yeah, and,
1: you know, one of the reasons I'm looking forward to uh, some of the DC, upcoming DC movies is because James Gunn fully understands that.
2: Mm-hmm. No, he's a smart guy. He's going to do something different and interesting with them.
0: Well, his projects he's already announced seem, like, way more interesting and unique.
1: Yeah, like, I I have faith in him. Like, I'm looking forward to whatever he has in store. But, but having said all that, uh, the movies I want to get around to are (laughs) Barbie and Oppenheimer. Like what we just...
0: (laughs) Barbenheimer
1: barbenheimer barbenheimer frankenheimer
0: i want to make more jokes from barbie but i also don't want to spoil it all right so first off let's do barbie i really liked barbie
1: i thought i thought it was hilarious for one thing like i was laughing like every 30 seconds watching this movie Like, that's, that's like, the one thing I want to mention right off the bat, is that...
0: It's it's very funny. funny. Yeah, it's It's very very funny.
2: funny. I said the same thing, which is that Barbie, before anything else, first and foremost, is a comedy. And a shockingly small number of people are referring to it as such, which is odd, considering the fact that those people will talk about how funny it is. But, like, yeah, Barbie is just hilarious. It's just funny at every turn and every corner.
1: Yeah, i um. I've I've compared it a bit to the Lego movie, but like, even though they're completely different movies, but, you know, mm-hmm. they're they're both, you know, IP movies that are based on a toy that they both have both Will
0: Ferrell in it.
1: Yeah, it's that both have Will Ferrell in it and that you expect to be shallower than it is. But yeah, it's not <laughs> the, like It's not, like, a groundbreaking movie or anything, but, like, for what it is, I really, really enjoyed it.
0: I don't think a movie has to be groundbreaking for it to be, like... No, it doesn't. But it does Good and memorable.
1: It does want to make me check out um, Greta Gerwig's other movies, because I surprisingly have not seen Lady Bird or Little Women.
2: Okay, I need to revisit Lady Bird, because my thing with Lady Bird, I hated Lady Bird when it came out and I am what? If, in retrospect it was entirely because the movie hit extremely close to home and I was still too in the middle of that 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 of that emotional space to like uh,
1: okay.
2: I couldn't deal with it and I was like I hate this why are you showing this to me um, so I need see, to see I was
0: a few and- years older so like I could like <laughs> you know there's a little bit of separation yeah. <laughs> you know uh um,
1: you said it, it reminds me. Uh, you know, my mom when she was uh, around around your age, uh, when she first saw the movie Raising Arizona, and she hated it. But then she revisited, it, and now it's like one of her favorite movies of all time. Yeah, because yeah, that Lady Bird is very Raising
0: much. A, huh. I've not actually. I'm, I
2: haven't, I'm but I'm with familiar with with yeah with what it's about.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a Coen Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, that's that's uh I don't know, just reminded me. But yes, the Barbie movie, very funny, very smart. Uh the set design was absolutely impeccable. Like I would not be surprised if it ended up ended up winning Best Production Design. Or yeah. or, or was nominated. It will. For, for oh my gosh. Design.
2: Costume and because cost like sets, yeah, it's exactly. gonna it's gonna get a lot of the production Nominees for sure. Makeup probably.
0: Do you think Brian um, Gosling will get nominated for? Uh, I can see Golden uh, Globes I for hear,
1: I hear, I hear, people talk about it, but I don't think that's going to happen.
2: No, I think he'll get. He's gonna get nominated at the Golden Globes for sure. But he, the Academy doesn't nominate comedy performances. And when, when comedy performances do get nominated, it's not a comedy like Barbie. It's a comedy, quote-unquote, like Silver Linings Playbook. It's like...
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a film that's low. not really a comedy. Yeah.
2: It's not really a comedy. It's just, like, dry. <laughs> yeah.
0: But, like, what's
1: surprisingly plausible is that when the Golden Globes happen next year, it's entirely plausible that Barbie could win Best Musical or Comedy and Oppenheimer could win Best Drama. <laughs> possibly. I that want would be to. amazing.
2: <laughs> now what I do want, what I do want desperately is for I'm just Ken to be nominated.
1: Oh, that best is definitely best going best to be nominated for best original song. Best
2: Absolutely. I need I need Ryan Gosling to perform that live
0: in character.
2: In character at the Academy Awards. Sure. Need it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fully wearing his can uh, account hat.
2: wants young people tuning in. They want eyeballs on the live broadcast. This is how you're doing it. You don't have to give them the award. You don't have to give them the award, but you've got to do do this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Jazzy, who unfortunately is not on the podcast right now, uh, she she recently had a tweet that went viral uh, regarding the Barbie movie. Uh, she said. The Barbie movie has a scene where a trans woman is called beautiful with no punchline or asterisk after it, and I need you all to understand how much that means to me. And yes, yes, there is a trans Barbie in this movie. Dr. Barbie. Specifically Dr. Barbie, yes, played by Hari Neff. And she is wonderful, and I love her.
0: She's gorgeous.
2: She's wonderful, and the fact that she's trans is not relevant to the... No, like, they, they
1: don't even address it.
2: Like there's not and a joke. Just, and I appreciate it yeah. because I feel like if let's if this movie had been made even 10 years ago, 5 7 years ago with a trans actress playing a Barbie, there would have been a joke about it somewhere.
0: Mhm.
2: In yeah. the movie and it would have been terrible and it would have made it really uncomfortable to go back and watch the movie.
1: But this is like the kind of casual representation that I really need in media right now.
0: Um yeah, I That tweet that went viral, I quote tweeted, uh, and I also got a fair amount of likes from that. But uh, it's crazy how that one blew up. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and you know, I responded with, "I mean, if Ryan got me beautiful, I would just melt."
2: (laughs) Like,
0: I think any any of us here would. I'm 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 gay, but also just like it's Ryan Gosling.
2: Ryan Gosling. (laughs) Ryan Gosling. <laughs> and right like obviously not to overshadow any of the women in the film but man did ryan gosling he,
0: he ryan was gosling probably my all over that favorite, movie. Yeah.
1: like he he is probably my favorite performance in the film like i, I if i'm being completely honest even though like, harry
0: enough like, gives one of my favorite lines yeah, the yeah, entire movie, I, i'll, I'll yeah. give her credit for the uh for the because i I uh, I helped some people to their theater yesterday, and like I didn't mind doing it because it meant I got a chance to see a scene from Barbie again. Uh, but I, I it was the scene where she screams flat feet, and her <laughs> <laughs> fantastic line reading there. Got to give her credit. But yes, Ryan Gosling does steal the movie.
1: Yeah, like and you know, Mar- Margot Robbie she's she's also really great in the movie. Yes,
0: okay. absolutely. And what I mean, is it with
1: people saying that she's not a movie star? What the oh fuck are you talking God. about? Because
2: let me tell you what that's about. Let me tell you right now. People on Twitter who are over the age of 35 and cannot accept the fact that they are old and don't know who the young famous pup people are anymore have, this, have convinced themselves that there's quote-unquote no more movie stars.
1: And like, what,
2: is, what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> it, it doesn't mean that Tom Cruise is our last movie star. Jennifer Anderson and Angelina Jolie are our last movie stars. And it's like, I need you to be fucking serious. There are lots of movie stars. There are many. There's lots of pop stars. There's lots of up-and-coming famous people. You're just old.
0: I think it also Thank kind you. of reflects Thank back you. to, like, a dying sort of way that uh, movie stardom was sort of perceived in the pre- I guess social media, sort of internet, sort of box, because now celebrity comes in all sort of forms. You know, it's not as narrow as it was.
2: There's a lot more news I mean? through which you can become a quote-unquote celebrity.
0: Yeah. Like uh social media influencers, mm-hmm. YouTube stars, Twitch streamers, shit like that, you know.
2: But it's just... To me, so it's just so transparently, I see this all the time, I see that take all the time. There's no more movie stars, and then you we'll list off like all of these people who are objectively huge, huge stars. And people are like, but are they? And it's like, Yes. It's fine that you're forty and you don't care about like Olivia Rodrigo or Sabrina Carpenter or Timothy Timothy Chalamet. It's okay. It's okay that you don't give a fuck about these people, but they are objectively superstars. Yes. Yes. They <laughs> just are, and it's okay. You don't know who they are. You're good. It, yeah, that's what happens. That's what happens when you get You're old. old. You get old. You you get set in your ways. You know the people you know, and you stop caring. Frankly, you stop caring about the new hot shot twenty year olds, uh, mega red carpet star, and that's. Fine, that's normal. I just need you. I just need. I need older millennials, which is entirely who this is. I need older millennials to stop treating their experience, that their very normal experience of aging, as like (laughs) a fundamental shift in
1: the culture. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Another thing about the movie that I've seen discourse about. um, There was a joke in the movie regarding. Uh, the godfather and what people do not seem to understand is that the joke was not at the movie's expense it was at the expense of film bros who feel they need to explain every aspect of it to someone who probably understands well it's also about the
0: misogynistic sort of mindset that women can't possibly be understanding of of yeah, exactly. SNR. That's kind of like exactly what... what I was saying. It felt like a Greta sort of putting that in there, sort of maybe having experienced some of that herself.
2: so uh, well, I need to say, I need to say, because I am seeing a misunderstanding about this joke from two different angles, because I am also seeing a lot of, young, like, a lot of people who think they got the joke... And they clearly didn't, because they think that the joke has its basis in, like, if you like the Godfather. And that's not the joke. Yeah. The joke is not that the Godfather isn't actually that good. The joke is not that...
0: I also could say like that the Godfather... Godfather
2: ...automatically like. like this. And it's not even... I can't stress this enough, and it's so annoying. It's not... A, the joke is not actually about the Godfather. No. You could have You You could have put, like, Vertigo or... Fight Club.
0: I, actually, like you know, like like things. Fight Club or like uh, what Fiction. other like you could even make a joke about like American Psycho. Really, it's just the like because the what I would say like or Pulp Fiction, right? Like
2: any film that's universally agreed upon to be good that mo- that but is also extremely famous and that most people have seen.
0: It's just a basic.
2: Yeah,
1: like,
2: that, like that that a certain type of man will talk down to you about. It's not about liking The Godfather. It's not about that movie. It's about the condescension that some men have because they think because they love a super popular, famously great movie that they are the smartest person yeah. in the world. No, that, yeah, that,
1: that yes. makes them, like, super special. And you're not. You're not super special if you like The Godfather. Fucking everybody likes The Godfather.
0: Also, like... You, I want to add in, in terms of our our venting time. Uh, you're not smarter for getting upset that the Barbie movie wasn't more uh, like entrenched in hyper feminist themes, like even more so. Yeah, like, like,
1: like, like well, you're well, not you're not intelligent well, for
0: saying exactly.
1: <laughs> like, first you get the obvious. You get the obvious complaints from the the right-wing side that, like, oh, you know, the the Barbie movie is feminist garbage, blah, 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 blah. But then you have the other side of the coin where people say it's not feminist enough, which I I, I never understood because, like, did you expect, like, some some deep analytical thing about feminism in the Barbie movie? (laughs) I think they wanted Helen
0: Mirren to give a three-hour dissertation about intersectional feminism.
2: Because here's what it sounds like. Here's what it reminds me of. Because I remember distinctly, and there's like, like, okay, Zootopia is not a perfect movie. But I remember when Zootopia came out and Doug Walker made a video where he was complaining about the fact that he thought it was condescending. He's like, why is the talking bunny telling me that racism is bad? It's like, because the movie is for children, Doug. Because the movie, because
0: for kids
2: who are not 40 years old like you are. So, and it drives me crazy that people talk, like, and there's, again, different strains of people who are doing this, like, people who love Barbie are doing it, too, where you're acting like this is some super, like, this is a a raunchy adult film. This is a movie for uh, adolescent
1: teenagers.
0: Yeah, like, it's it's true, (laughs) it's rated PG-13, but at the same
1: time kids are going to see it because
0: it's also there's like the only thing it. that that gets it is PG 13 or like some of the sexual comments. There's it's, no real cursing in the movie either.
2: It's literally just the vagina joke. Other than that, there's nothing. Well, like, no, I mean, earlier
0: in the movie, they say like penis and vagina too, but yeah, you, it's the same thing. Yeah. But it's
2: like, to me, it's like, there's like, I I remember I was watching that movie. And I'm like, I would show this movie to my nine, to a nine year old. With zero, yeah, absolutely zero hesitation or qualms like this is fine, this is a movie for that kids will and a nine year old especially if it's a nine year old that likes Barbie that likes pink that likes that kind of stuff, will have a great time
0: and it'll go over their heads
2: yes because that's <sighs> what, and that's what we've been doing for decades. People think that you make you put one sex joke in your kid's movie and so set-
1: <laughs> suddenly it's like this this uh and- this movie that's actually for adults and not actually, for children, no, no, like it's a movie for kids that has a joke that adults can enjoy
0: yes it's a it's a movie for all ages, intentional, intentionally, you know, yeah, uh, okay,
1: okay. yeah, all of this to say, Barbie movie good, I give it a nine out of ten, I really liked it
0: uh I so need to actually, really like like write 10. write it in my. My letter boxed. I've been behind on my reviews. But I'd probably give it like a four and a half because the more I think about it, the better it gets to me. And the jokes are funnier, you know?
1: Yeah, first I gave it uh uh four stars out of five, but I watched it again and I, I liked it more. And I think I'm gonna like it even more upon rewatches because there there's so much to enjoy about the movie.
0: Uh <laughs> there is a lot to enjoy. Uh
1: Yes, yeah, there, is, there is a lot
0: to I made a tweet last night saying that I was holding applications for uh, long term, long distance, low commitment casual girlfriends.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so anyway, hashtag we're all, knuff. we're all canuff. We're
0: all canuff, yeah.
1: We're all canuff. Guys, uh, to any guys who are listening, you are canuff. I promise you that.
0: Uh, get, get on your, get on your horse and, and, uh, let's go.
1: <laughs> let's go from Barbie to Oppenheimer.
0: Oh, to, to a movie that celebrates, that, that attempts to celebrate women and makes people laugh. To a movie about the yes. destruction it's, of it's hundreds of thousands of innocent people. Yeah. This, yeah.
1: A movie.
0: You know what I did? What did you do? I watched Barefoot Jen for the first time, and I'm traumatized. Oh yeah, yeah. I
1: I, I heard about that, and I actually saw of uh, the clip where the bomb actually went off. And, yeah, I didn't want to see it until oh I saw it in the
0: context of the movie, and it's worse than the context of the movie. Oh, it's so holy shit. Yeah, like that was, and that's that like, that scene's not even the worst. I'm gonna be honest. Everything that happens oh. after that is a hundred times worse.
2: It is one of the most viscerally like upsetting and heartbreaking and like uncomfortable animated films I've ever seen in my life.
0: Yeah. yeah kind
1: of like as in as the for- vein of like Grave of the Fireflies.
0: It's worse than Grave of the Fireflies. It's, Fireflies. Fireflies. it's much more- yeah.
1: well, not worse, in-, worse than- in terms of quality, right?
0: No no, no I'm i uh, I'm saying they're both great movies, but I would say uh Barefoot Gen does not like shy away from the harshness, like even much more so than Grave of the Fireflies. Like yeah. it's worse. Like yeah,
2: it's a more viscerally upsetting film than Grave of the Fireflies, which is saying yeah. something. It's
0: yeah, because they show you everything. Yeah,
1: like I'm sure you've all seen the the clip that I'm talking about uh, that went viral on Twitter. Uh, the nuclear Jack bomb came out.
0: Yeah, that one. That like
1: that one made me super uncomfortable.
0: That movie i'm gonna be it honest it was it was was animated, was...
1: like brilliantly it was brilliantly animated, but holy shit that's horrifying
0: um it honestly made me cry but, uh, uh,
1: yeah 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 when when i wa- when i watch that we'll we'll talk about it but right now please let's... watch it
0: uh when you when you get a chance it's on uh the entire movie's on youtube i was able to find oh, a, another version of it in h d quality so I watched it that way. Uh, I watched it in an English dub, uh, but I think it's it's both on YouTube for free. I think both they have both versions. Uh, so, awesome. Well, we're not talking oh, about 100%. that. I only brought it up because I wanted the Japanese perspective to that incident, as opposed to just having a Western perspective of that story. Yeah, you know? that's, that's another thing.
1: That's another thing. Uh, before the movie came, um, well. I think as the movie was coming out, before before we talk about the movie, yeah. there was a bit of controversy, quote unquote, about the lack of Jap- Japanese uh, uh, perspective there was in the film. And to that, I say, like, I get it, but this is literally from Oppenheimer's perspective, someone who probably never even met a Japanese person up to that point. So. Again, like I, I get, I get it, but I don't get it.
0: No, I get it. I get the understanding that sometimes there's the concern that Nolan wouldn't really do well enough in handling it because yeah, well, it's so very obvious Jap- he's a very Western-minded Japanese- person. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like
1: Japanese filmmakers who have handled it very, very yes. well. So go watch those, rather than complaining about it's the American,
0: American filmmaker who made American
1: it from an American perspective.
2: Yeah. Uh, America, but, okay, so. American filmmakers uh, handhold you through finding it. Because that, that's the thing, is it requires like, effort. It requires effort from a white American audience to find these movies. And a lot of them you need to watch in subtitles. Not most. A lot of these films don't have uh, dubbed versions, and that's hard for
0: some i also wish that they made finding some of these things a little bit easier like like sometimes like they're they're just not accessible in your typical like 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 ways of finding it do you know what i mean like you're not gonna see these japanese films on the top of amazon prime you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like yeah. there that's another reason that, that makes it harder is that there's just it's just not accessible. Like the fact that I found Barefoot Gen like a copy only through a Blu ray that copy that like was released but then it's now unavailable to find is way more expensive and the only version on, is on YouTube in like really sh- kind of much uh lower quality, it's kind of a shame. You know what I mean? Like I think these films should be Um, given better treatment. Uh, and I think people would have a better understanding of that if it was a bit more accessible in that regard, you know? Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay. Well, uh, with all that said, let's, let's finally talk about Oppenheimer.
0: Sorry. Sorry. There's just, I just, I wanted to interject that I saw that movie because I felt it was important to the conversation. Uh, and
1: it is, and it is. But with all that context, it's important to note that yes. This is a biopic about Oppenheimer that is mostly told through Oppenheimer's perspective. There are points in the movie where it's in black and white, and Nolan said that the intent of the black and white scenes is to show what happened from an objective perspective. Like, these are things that actually happened, and not from his perspective. The scenes that are in color are from his perspective, and we literally see, like, visualizations of... Supernovas and explosions in Oppenheimer's mind. It's really fascinating stuff to see, and all of that is portrayed in a beautiful performance from Killian Murphy. He better get an Oscar for this movie. I swear to God.
2: I oh my god, this is his best performance. He has I love so Killian. much
1: acting with just his eyes alone. He it's brings incredible. Incredible. So Killian's always
0: always been fantastic. You know.
1: All right. Yeah. Yeah, like y- y'all know him for, you know, Peaky Blinders and, you know, Scarecrow in the Dark Knight trilogy. But
0: here or from a he Red Eye
1: finally shines in a lead role in a Nolan film. And it makes me wonder why Nolan hasn't put him as the lead in any of his previous films. <laughs> because he acted his ass off in this movie.
0: That doesn't surprise me that he did great, though.
1: Oh yeah, he absolutely did.
0: He's been consistently uh, great. Yeah,
1: he has. He really has. Yeah. Uh, and another person who should get an Oscar for this movie is, of course, Christopher Nolan himself. Like, it is a visually stunning movie. Like, there's 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 no doubt about that. Like, a not a lot of Nolan films are. So you really shouldn't be surprised about that. But Lizzie and I know there's a scene in a gymnasium where he gives a speech after uh, the successful Trinity test. And, well, I, no, 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 not after the Trinity test, after the bombing drop out of Japan. Uh, he's giving a, like this jingoistic speech about how like, oh, I bet the Japanese didn't like that, did they? And like the world will remember this day. And, but internally we see, like, we hear screaming and we see, you know, bodies disintegrating and ashen bodies on the floor, and oh my god, like I, I can't, I can't describe the rest of the scene. Like you just have to see it for yourself. But like, it's impossible that scene to in particular, sure. yeah, that scene in particular, like, is very, very effective.
0: I am. Um... Yeah, when I get a chance, I'm gonna see it. I'm gonna see it on IMAX for sure. I don't think I'm gonna nice. be able to get to a 70 millimeter screen, but I'm gonna go see it in IMAX. Um, yeah, like
1: you, you don't have to do that, but it is very highly recommended.
0: Yeah, um, uh, I can't say this, I can't say this publicly because I don't trust people online. But uh, everyone knows I work in a movie theater, and uh I found out that I get free IMAX tickets too. Yes. So. That is good. Uh, so I'm gonna go do that. I think. Uh, yeah, because if,
1: if you're able to see Oppenheimer in IMAX, please do.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to see it in IMAX. Because uh, I feel like that would be worth it. If I don't see it in IMAX, I'm definitely at least seeing the movie. You know, <laughs> like. Uh, but I just I uh, yeah I, uh, I, I I honestly can't wait. I I uh, Peacock also just released the documentary about Oppenheimer. That I have saved because I'm like I want to see Nolan's film first, and then I want to hear like like the reality and see real clips and stuff because I feel like that that would be yeah. a really good way of educating myself about it, you know? Yeah, Indeed.
1: that's a good plan. Uh, yeah, like you might want to do you might want to do like some cursory research before you see the movie. Like you don't have to do like really deep research or anything, but just like cursory research.
2: Maybe a Wikipedia. Brush. Yeah, yeah,
1: like like skim through the Wikipedia page.
0: I like educating myself because I think it's important to not forget these things. I agree. Yeah,
1: Ash, I have a question for you.
2: Yeah,
0: for me or fresh fresh Oh, other okay.
2: Things, like obviously Killian Murphy and obviously Robert Downey Jr. Other than those two, who do you think had the best performance in the film? Um,
1: that's really tough to say because everyone brings their A game in in this movie. Jack Quaid, Florence Pugh, Gary Oldman. A, uh, Yes, Gary, Gary Oldman is in the movie if you didn't know, uh, Crystal. But.
0: I didn't but know Jack Quaid was in the Emily, movie. Emily. <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: yeah, but. Emily Blunt, like, with the limited screen time that she has, fucking kills it.
2: She really does. I think I mentioned this. Oh no! I said it to my girlfriend because I showed her the Prestige for the first time the other day, um, which is that Christopher Nolan is not great
1: at writing female characters. But Wait,
0: actually, Ash and I were talking about that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. And you, you know, he he's not beating those allegations in this movie, but for what little screen time she has, she's great. Emily Blunt. I mean,
2: yeah. Well, because what I think he does do fantastically, because I was going through my head watching The Prestige again, is that he does—he seems to be aware that he's not great at this. So what he is really good at is finding actresses that can bring a lot to very little.
1: Yeah, and th- think of it this way. Like, for this movie anyway, he at least has an excuse, because mm-hmm. this is Kitty from Oppenheimer's perspective. Not Kitty from Kitty's perspective
2: yes, and same with um uh gene gene, Ta- 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 Dead, Dead, gene, tatlock. gene tatlock Tatlock thank you same with Gene Tatlock. it's um how Oppenheimer perceived her and her place in his life
1: yeah, exactly and so not nolan at, least, really he at least has an excuse for this movie.
2: Although I do want to uh, see you play Jean Tatlock in her own movie.
1: Yeah, she, she was great, too. Like, like I said, most of the actors in this movie were fucking phenomenal.
2: It's but, amazing how much they could yeah. bring all of them to such little, because like, most of the actors are not on screen for very long, so it's amazing how much each of them are able to bring.
1: Yeah, like, and Kenneth Branagh as Niels Bohr, is, he, he's not on screen for that, for that long, but he, he was great as Niels Bohr.
2: Mhm. Just, but, just um, phenomenal.
0: The way I've heard about this movie, it seems like this might be Nolan's best film in a long time.
2: It is best. Uh, it is my favorite movie Christopher Nolan has ever made. I also, Ash, were you able to see it in IMAX or on the set and or on seventy millimeter?
1: Yes. Yes, I was.
2: Ah, That's I am so, so beautiful. So that. beautiful. Gorgeous. Gorgeous to look at.
1: Um, what was I going to say? Um. Yeah, you mentioned, uh, Robert Downey Jr. earlier. Yes, he's in the movie. He plays, uh, Admiral Louis Strauss and he does such a great job as, as Strauss. Like he does such a good job playing this petty, vindictive man who's out to get Oppenheimer by any means necessary.
0: And I, I have a feeling, I'm getting this vibe that when, with Nolan's next movie, he's going to bring Robert Downey Jr. back, uh, cause they seem to have Oh, like a chemistry. Because I keep seeing running into clips of just Nolan and him being interviewed. And, like, I've seen Robert Downey Jr. break Nolan more than I've ever seen Nolan laugh at anything.
1: Yeah, and Robert Downey Jr. even said that Oppenheimer is probably the best movie he's ever been in, which is certainly high praise. And I'm still deciding that for myself. But it's probably the best I've seen him in a movie since like, like Tropic Thunder. Maybe
2: he, I would agree. This is probably the best movie he's ever been in. I don't know if it's my favorite movie he's ever been in. That's obviously um, two that to me it's always been two different categories. That's fair. This. Yeah, he, oh, he was really
1: good in uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang.
2: Yes, he was. Have you seen The Judge?
1: Yeah, I have not.
2: Oh, he's great in The Judge. It's a little movie. It went kind of under the radar. I think, like, its biggest press was honestly that Robert Downey Jr. got a Best Actor nomination for
0: it. Yeah. Was it an Oscar nomination for that?
2: I thought it was.
0: I don't remember.
1: Uh, I don't know if he was Oscar nominated uh, for Chaplin in the 90s and for Tropic Thunder, but I don't know if he was nominated for anything else.
2: thought he was, but I could be remembering that wrong. Something something got nominated.
0: No, but no, I think you're right. Yeah, he did get nominated for something, but I don't remember. Could be another award. Um, Either way, that movie was good.
2: It's a very good little movie. It was led by Robert Downey Jr., and I recommend it super highly to anybody who hasn't seen it. It's about the relationship between an adult son and his estranged father, and
1: it's it's really good.
0: It's a pretty emotional yes. movie, actually.
1: Uh, I'll have to check it out. I'll have to check yeah. it out. But yeah... yeah uh, yeah, Robert Downey Jr is uh being really hyped up as the front runner for best supporting actor at the Oscars next year. And yeah, I agree. Like I would not be surprised if he ran away with that award.
0: Well, we have to see what other movies come out this year too.
1: True. Uh one I'm really looking forward to is one that is releasing around my birthday. You may have heard of it. It's called Killers of the Flower Moon. Yes. The Scorsese, Uh, the 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 mean guy who said uh, Marvel movies are like a (laughs) like a roller coaster or something, theme (laughs) parks, theme parks. That's what he said. Like he was really fucking villainized
0: for saying that. Okay, I'm going to be honest. I hear more people complain about people complaining about him than than actual like. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was the thing different is, like, types he, of the internet. My about
2: thing, this, my thing about that was always that there's nothing wrong with describing the Marvel movies as being like theme park rides. I actually think that's extremely apropos and not an insult at all. My issue was always that he specifically said, oh, but it's not cinema. I hate that. I hate that shit.
0: I'm going to be honest with you. I hate that, too. I don't like the idea of certain it's films it's being it's cinema it's and it's certain it's films it's being it's not cinema.
2: I think it's <laughs> a non-distinction. And I don't like no. it. I think it's a stupid thing to say from anybody about anything. And it evokes the same thing that bothers me uh, in the wake of the WGA strike. A lot of people keep like trying to make uh, Bazinga jokes about how, ah, it already feels like the Marvel movies are written by AI. But they weren't. They were made by people. You can think they're terrible, yeah. but they're still films yeah. made by people. Like you will-
1: you will never catch me saying that, you know, they, they don't deserve to be paid fairly. They do. Yeah, but sure. I don't I don't care if it's good or bad. Writers deserve to be paid fairly.
0: But if you listen to people on the internet, they're like, Well movies are already bad anyway, so they don't deserve to be paid. Blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah, I fucking hate that mindset.
0: why why are they saying that movies are bad? Is it because some movies aren't all just white people? <gasps> Because I have a feeling the same people saying that are those same idiots who cry about everything being woke now. Yeah. Like 100%.
1: (laughs) You know, uh, I I sent you guys uh, this this tweet earlier. Uh, It's funny. it, It says, it's from Art Within Pod. It says, it's funny that the Ben Shapiro types were shocked that the Barbie movie directed by Greta Gerwig promoted feminism. But it's funnier that it got distracted them it distracted them from a far more political movie that completely eviscerates the U.S. military, red scare tactics, and guys like Ben Shapiro.
0: Yeah, but I think they're 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 <sighs> Barbie's on the nose about its about its feminist themes. Yeah, and so uh, I so do feel then, like you know, because, because Oppen- to, to go after. Yeah, and Oppenheimer is a film where I I am I am concerned that people will not get what mm-hmm. it's saying. And we'll just think it's a rah rah American film.
1: I don't know how anyone can
0: walk away from conservatives. Off- they're bad at, but they're bad I at, uh.
1: I just can't comprehend it though. How can you? Yeah, walk I know. Away
0: they're bad off- at media analysis.
1: This movie is pro America. It is pro military. <laughs> it's pro all the things that I like. Those are conservatives.
2: Those are idiots.
1: Yes yeah i I know that, but i just can't I can't wrap my head around that I'm sorry I can't
0: I just my mind is going back to the scene from Blazing Saddles. These are just the people of the land, simple people, you know
1: yeah. morons. <laughs> <laughs> I, I you know one of my favorite aspects of that is that that part was improvised, and that's actually Cleveland little laughing.
0: oh, it makes that seem better.
1: <laughs> uh, but uh, uh we're, we're uh, oh right we were talking about oppenheimer yes in conclusion oppenheimer is legendary you should see it right away whenever you can crystal i don't know i will you're able to see it but I, it's because as soon because, as you possibly can,
0: because I'm going to Taylor, and I didn't want to lose out of money. I, I took my normal day off. I I worked. Uh, so uh, yeah, I don't know when it'll be, <laughs> but maybe next weekend, I don't know. <laughs> so
1: uh, uh, when is the concert that you guys are going to again? Um, Friday,
2: August 4th.:
1: Yes, and then that brings us to our next uh, topic of discussion. Uh, we were talking about this before the show started. That uh, how uh, Liz, Taylor Lizzie Swift <laughs> Taylor Swift was accused of being a scab because she's doing this concert near a struck the, hotel. Is that right?
2: Yeah, in the same city where there's pro, where there, where hotel workers are on strike. And so here's exactly what happened. I am happy to explain the everything of this two days yes, ago. Two days ago, which comes out to six days before Taylor Swift's stop in L.A., which is itself a six-day affair. She has six shows at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. These dates have been known for over five months. Most of them have been known for more than ten months. Two of them were added later. Okay. So we have known these dates for many, many months. The... In in Los Angeles, as well, the uh, Union for Hotel Workers, a lot of hotel workers are on strike. Not every single hotel in the greater Los Angeles area, obviously. I think it's something like 20 hotels, most of which, like the majority of which, are not even near SoFi Stadium. But, like I said, two days ago, so six days before her concerts were due to start, there was an open letter from the Union uh, requesting that Taylor Swift cancel her shows in solidarity with the union striking, even though what was being struck had nothing to do with her stadium or specifically, like, any specific requests about the hotel. It was just like, this would be good publicity if you did this for us, which is true. But is also a, a very unfeasible thing to ask of her because over 500,000 people are attending these concerts.
1: Well, not, not to mention the fact that, like, where did you say this was? SoFi Stadium? SoFi, SoFi Stadium.
0: It's the stadium that had the Super Bowl, like, a year or two ago.
1: So that brings us to the money question. Why would they do this if, like, it's not in the hotel?
2: It's literally – I know why they did it. They did it, and it's very smart to a degree. What they, they did this because what it does is it attaches – their strike to the Eras Tour, which is the biggest entertainment event of the year. And I have no issue with Taylor getting some lashings if it means that the strike gets more attention. Because, like, obviously, these people do not actually expect her to cancel six nights in a stadium with over, like I said, over 500,000 people attending, they op- with only five days' notice. They obviously don't actually expect that to happen. This was a bid to get their strike, the news about their strike on, uh, like a national conversation. And again, that's fine. But what's happening now is you have all of these people who don't know what a scab is, who don't actually know what the protest is about, who just hate Taylor Swift calling her a scab, calling the, the fans attending the concert scabs.
1: Like... She's it, and it's like, that's
2: yeah,
1: not... Like, I, I want to I bring this to uh, a tweet that you quote tweeted uh, from Kami Yoshi. Uh, they, they say, it's so funny how the Swifties are like, what are you doing about the strike when people bring attention to it? One... None of us are crossing picket lines. Who's crossing picket lines though? Who's, Who's crossing picket the lines? picket exactly. lines? Because the workers if now if
2: the workers at Sofi Stadium were on strike that would be a completely And you guys went
1: in, that would be crossing the picket line.
2: That'd be a completely different conversation, but that's not that's not what's, that's happening. Not
1: what's happening. Yeah. Uh anyway, continuing. Uh To to quote the rest of the tweet. Uh, Two, we are all happy to donate to strike funds. Three, we are not multi-million dollar celebrities being asked to cancel concerts. Uh, They go on to say, also, I am 100% certain that there are people who live in LA who are on the front lines with hotel workers, but I guess Taylor Swift doesn't have to do anything when she is the one being asked because she's your bestie in your mind. Ooh, okay. Uh, I personally would not develop a parasocial relationship with a celebrity who is a Climate criminal, racist, and anti-worker, but that's just uh, climate like, criminal. Like, okay. oh, I, I have I have no dog in this fight, so I'm just gonna, I'm going to stay out of this like so I, I, I don't I don't know enough about Taylor Swift to comment on this. Uh,
2: <laughs> See, the climate criminal thing, Taylor Swift owns a private jet that gets that it's the jet that gets chartered the most. So her the jet she owns contributes a lot to a lot of climate change, and that's a real problem. And I'm never going to tell somebody not to criticize the way she uses her private jet. I think it's a little bit complicated, only in the sense that it's like you can't sincerely ask someone as obscenely famous as Taylor Swift to fly commercial like it wouldn't be safe. But that gets into like broader problems of just, uh, that, that gets into a bigger con, a bigger and frankly separate conversation. Like I would like it if she u- didn't use the private jet the way she does. It's a problem. It's bad. It has nothing to, again, it has nothing to do with whether or not she does six nights in Los Angeles performing a concert that is completely unrelated, again, to this hotel strike. It's a different thing.
1: <laughs> Alright, and, uh, you responded uh saying many of the things you're saying right now so if i stadium workers are not on strike taylor's not crossing the picket line by performing there y'all are up on your high sources and you don't even know what you're talking about oh my fucking god they might as well ask disneyland to close for a day like you genuinely don't know what you're talking about oh my fucking god this is that a publicity a... tactic by the strikers yes that that's the word i was looking for yes it is absolutely a publicity tactic
2: and that's fine. And,
1: like, think, but that's that's not a bad thing necessarily.
2: No, I don't know if it's working out fantastically, only because I feel like like now all of the conversation is about Taylor Swift, who can't do anything, and not about the hotel owners. But it's a like it's a publicity strategy, and by and conceptually by itself, I'm not against them doing that. Work the workers. I want them to get paid to live more than a living wage. I want them to get all of their demands and more, like 100%. I agree with that. It's just got nothing to do with Taylor Swift.
0: <laughs> Lizzie, I didn't realize that just going to the concert that we're scabbing. That's how it works, right?
2: No, that, you guys it, are
1: scabs. I, I, I don't know why I'm friends with a couple of scabs. <laughs>
0: how dare you? <laughs> how dare we go and enjoy... Uh, a concert at a stadium where the workers aren't on strike Uh because in the area there may or may not be some hotel workers that are currently on strike. It is, it is all our fault. Uh, no,
1: uh, you, you guys aren't scared. You guys wouldn't cross the picket lines.
2: No,
0: no,
1: I know, I know, I know y'all too well. You wouldn't do that.
2: It's just so good. the comparison I kept drawing to is like so like I live in like a big like a rather sprawling apartment complex, like the company owns a lot of buildings in my area. right.
0: Um,
2: and right now, the union for the painters that work for my for the, for the complex are on strike, right? and I see them
0: Well, that uh, means you can't and, go home.
2: yeah, it's like this, this is hand to calling me a scab for still living here.
0: <laughs> you, you're you supposed to be homeless until <laughs> until
2: results are <laughs> <or> strike yeah <laughs> and it's like I'm not
1: <laughs>
2: uh. like these, these people like, that's what's driving me crazy it's not even like it's not even like you. okay maybe you think that she should cancel her concerts even though like that's obviously not a thing she can feasibly do with such short notice, with something that's an event that's so huge. Like, she can't just do that less than a week out. She can't just, like, because you asked her to. She can't. But, and, like, she's also, she signed contracts with the stadium, and she has her own staff and her own employees that she has a responsibility to and, like, all of that other shit. But, like, it's one thing to think she should cancel her shows. It's a whole other thing to be misused, to, like, be on your high horse about, about all of this and not even knowing what a scab is and not even knowing where the picket line is.
1: Yeah. Uh, Continuing, uh your, your thread, I mean. Oh. Uh, it is not actually contingent on Taylor canceling her shows. If you think it is, you really haven't given this real thought. They know she can't and won't cancel six shows with five days' notice. But, like, if she were to do something like promote the strikers' causes, I feel like that would go a long way towards alleviating some of these concerns. But uh, yes. that's just me. And I don't
2: that's just me. think she will because she's very apolitical in a way that it can be frustrating at times. What I think she should do, and I think I said this in the same thread, if they're, if, if they're smart, if her team is smart, she's going to make a, she'll make a donation to the strike fund.
1: Yeah, like, I feel like, like, again, that would go a long way towards alleviating some of these concerns. But if y'all, if y'all are going to call her a scab, like, please just know what that is before you say that. Yeah, know
2: what it means. It means something specific. And we need to have the language to describe. A scab is a person who takes on the work. That the strikers are not doing. Thus for like doing the labor for the company instead of the workers on strike, thus undermining the power of the strike.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: The strikers are trying to bleed the company of their labor and you're scabbing that over.
0: It's kinda like if a writer started writing a project for Warner Brothers or something right now. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good example or you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, like, the, the, you know, the Discussing Film Twitter account, they are on fire right now. <laughs> like, whoever's running that account need, needs a raise.
2: <laughs> Whoever runs it, I don't know, they're on their shit, and I'm proud of them.
1: <laughs> they are on fire. <laughs> uh, like, they, um, when they were talking about uh, General Hospital, like, they did not hesitate to say, they're ha- hiring scab writers to, to write it. <laughs> And you want to know? That's that's exactly what's happening.
2: What's so funny, what is so fucking funny, is the same person, a same specific person who on TikTok is bitching about the fact that Taylor isn't going to cancel her shows. I saw that same person try to talk around, because they love soap operas, trying to talk around why it wasn't scabbing what was happening.
1: Mm, Interesting.
2: Uh-huh, like, and at the time, I was like, okay, you're trying to justify this, sh- watching the show you like, and I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you about it, you're going to think what you want to think, but now you're going to come on your high horse about Taylor Swift? No, shut up.
1: Yeah, it's, it's just so interesting that, uh, I, fuck anyone whose principles just fucking turn on a dime like this, because, like, when it's something you like, oh, oh, uh, a uh, it's completely different. Like, your principles turn, turn around a dime because it's something you like. I can't stand that, people who do that. Like, it's so fucking annoying. Same. <sighs> anyway, yeah, all of this to say, you can think what you want about Taylor Swift, but a scab, she is not.
2: A scab, thus far, she is not.
0: At, at least as far as I know. <laughs> She, she hasn't crossed picket lines yet.
2: She hasn't crossed any picket lines. She hasn't started doing any work. Um, that is. She hasn't been doing any struck work. She's not working as a, as a housekeeper in the hotel.
1: <laughs> and, you know, as long as we're on the subject, uh, this is not the only time this week, within <laughs> this week, that Taylor Swift was called a scab. <laughs> because, believe it or not, she was called a scab for another completely different reason. This time relating to the WGA uh, WGA strikes, because mm-hmm. there there was some news that came out that she was in talks to develop a TV show. Uh, I don't I don't recall what kind of TV show it's going to be, but the point is she's in talks to develop a TV show, and I heard like in some specs of Twitter that she's a scab because she's doing this while the WGA is on strike, and. I'm just over here, like she's in talks to develop a show. She's not developing it right now, so I don't know how this is crossing the picket line or scabbing or anything of the sort.
2: It's not. The only reason people are saying that is because one of the headlines um, used the word production, but there is no production agreement. She was literally just like in, like out to dinner. Um, I think it was one of the. Hey, it'd
0: be cool if we made this thing.
2: It'd be cool if we made yeah.
0: it. Yes, I
1: agree. It would be cool if we made this thing. Whatever
2: yeah. they're making.
1: <laughs> That's it. But like they, but who, like they, they just automatically assume that, like it's in development right now. They're writing for it. They're shooting it. They're the yeah. Taylor is guns.
0: currently on set <laughs> behind the camera. Also, simultaneously. Uh on tour.
2: I'm hideously crossing ticket lines over in <laughs> the housekeeper's right in Los Angeles. She's doing she's everywhere.
0: She's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and
2: she's wh- also secretly <laughs> still dating Maddie Healy even though they broke up. Uh, uh, also you
1: mean that wh- and you mean a very really casual
0: relationship they were in for like like three weeks.
1: Like three weeks oh, her. is 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 that why uh, is that why this person called her a racist because she associated with him? Yeah. You
0: mean she probably slept with him a few times?
2: (laughs) She slept with him for like three weeks while she was on the rebound from her ex boyfriend? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Oh, so Uh, so, uh,
2: the uh, girl. Remember that. The woman who was married to Donald Trump's in law.
1: Uh, Oh, so she's a a racist racist by proxy.
2: Yes. By the way,
0: it's so funny, though. like, Like. (laughs) <laughs> it, it's so funny, though. Maddie Healy is, like, connected to, like, so many other singers, and they don't—they didn't get nearly the <laughs> the level scrutiny.
2: Before this, nobody gave a fuck about the dumb shit Maddie Healy was up to before this, before he started dating Taylor Swift. Suddenly, it mattered.
1: And, again, like, I, I keep saying this, but I have no dog in this fight because I do not know a lot about Taylor Swift, so... If she is racist in other ways to those listening, please let me know, and I will condemn her for it but as far as I, as far as I know uh that's that's all I know
2: It's literally always by like a so, like like the, oh like she gets no like there isn't any, and I'm happy if someone's got like actual evidence of her doing or being racist in some capacity, I'm happy to see it, but it's always.
0: Racism by proxy.
2: Should, yeah, it's always yeah, a, that's a little, like, a, like I said. A picture yeah, picture with a fan, and it came out that he said the n word on Twitter. Six years later, it's always shit like that. It's always owed, oh, so nothing to do with her or her actual actions. It's this person she met. There was another one, like one time, there was this photo going around of her talking to Lady Gaga, but in between her and Lady Gaga, R. Kelly was
1: there. Oh yeah.
2: And people tried to make that a thing, and it was like they're at they're at an awards show and she's talking over him, what do you want like, like it's always it's always some sort of like proxy thing. It's never anything she did. But again, it's not my job. It's not my job to defend her from racism allegations if they're real. So like Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So
1: like it. if, if like, there's if there's something legitimately concerning like yeah, but that that'll be worth talking about. But I have yet to see it, so
0: whatever. No, nothing important right now. Just a lot of gossip about celebrities, yeah. about a superstar.
2: A oh yeah, right. We're in the age of no more, no
1: more superstars. Um, except oh, my. again, I will never get that. I never got that. Ugh.
2: <laughs> anyway, anyway, the moral of the story is that millennials need to accept that they are old.
0: Yes, I have already accepted that. <clears throat> and I know you're uh, talking what, a filthy millennial.
1: <laughs> uh, what else do I want to talk about?
0: Oh, uh, can we talk about
1: how many flops there were this summer? At the well, box because- office? Holy shit! There were a lot of them.
0: Go uh, over the most,
1: people. the most recent one I saw was a uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny.
2: Oh, and that one makes me like, sad. I am sad like, that, that Indiana that's, Jones that's makes box the like, theater.
1: <laughs> all right. Uh, when I watched it, like I initially gave it like a four out of ten, but I, I have a feeling it would be higher if I were to watch it again, but. That movie did not look like it was worth 300 million dollars. No. And um, I don't
2: um, know so
0: yeah, don't don't spoil it over. for me yet. I do want to see it. <laughs> no, I'm not I'm no no no. no. I'm not going to spoil yeah. it for you. Don't
2: don't I worry. don't know why more of that money didn't go towards advertising because I honestly to me that's the actual biggest issue is because there I don't think there's a reason why Indiana Jones That's, at least to me, and maybe a lot of this is skewed by my own personal, like, affection, like, deep affection for that franchise, but I feel like that's a franchise name that still has enough cachet that if you had advertised this movie properly, would have gotten butts into seats.
0: You know, it's a possibility, for sure, but I also feel like Indy is, like, Disney wasn't doing much with Indiana Jones, like, at all, and I feel like there's, like, newer generation of people who may not have, 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 have grown up with it. You know, I think you. Yeah. Would have had to and do and you know that's that's perfectly
1: that. that's perfectly valid. But at the same time, when you throw three hundred million dollars at this movie, and like and expect it to be like it, it has to make like a billion to probably break even because they spent like so much on the advertising for this movie, but the audience just isn't there. Like, the audience is not diverse enough to justify that budget.
0: They they could have probably done something a little bit smarter. Where,
2: where do you think all that, because I agree with you, Asher, the movie does not look like, like, I don't know what the budget was for Oppenheimer, but, like, if you told me Oppenheimer...
1: $100 million, $100 okay. million.
2: If you told me Oppenheimer was 300000000 million, I'd be like, yeah, I can tell.
1: <laughs> yeah, because it, it looks so freaking good. So and, good. by the I, way, uh, it's worth noting that Oppenheimer, uh, the cinematographer of that movie, Hoitze van Hoitme, he was also the cinematographer for Nope, which was also a oh, beautiful wow. shot.
0: Nope well, is gorgeous. Nope's gorgeous. I,
2: so much sense, because that movie was also yeah. beautiful to look at. I wish I could have seen that one in IMAX. I didn't get the chance.
1: I did see Nope in IMAX, and it was oh, glorious.
2: I bet it was beautiful. Um, <laughs> it
1: was. It really was. But like, Beautiful
2: movie. Like, where do you think that budget
1: uh, I I couldn't tell you. Like, obviously, Harrison Ford got paid a bunch to be in this movie. Like, I'm yeah. not disputing that.
2: Yeah, but, but Harrison Ford also is. It's not like Han Solo. Harrison Ford loves being Indiana Jones.
1: He, he really well,
0: does. Uh, he was, you see that, that was one of his um one of his stipulations. Did you hear about that? That he would only come to do back to do Han Solo if he got to do Indiana Jones.
1: Oh, uh, I did not hear about that. Spread. Yeah,
0: that was that was one of the agreements he had with Disney. Hmm. I see.
1: He loves it. Uh,
2: not like they needed to hand him 200 million dollars to come back and play this part is what I'm saying. Is like he, yeah. they he got.
1: Also got John, they also got John Williams to come back to compose this movie. But. I don't know if it's just me, but not a single track stood out to me. Like, aside from the main theme, obviously.
2: Yeah.
1: I feel like Williams was was on... I, I feel like they were rushing him because the score was just so unmemorable.
2: Other than the classic Indiana Jones theme, you're right. Like, it didn't stand out to me at all either. The set... Like, none of the sets really stood out. The CGI... The only thing I can think of is that it must have been really expensive to de-age Harrison Ford.
1: Yeah. Like... His DH face could have looked worse. Like I've seen way worse. Yes. Like Rogue <laughs> One, Moth Tarkin, that looked way worse. It's and so
2: people are saying it's terrible. It's not terrible. It's fine.
1: It's, it's just it's okay. It's it, it goes into uncanny valley territory, but it could have looked a lot worse.
2: It not quite for me, but it's still I'm looking at the thing for me also is that I had just shown my girlfriend Raiders of the Lost Ark for the first time, like two days beforehand. Oh damn! Really? So, yeah. So I had Harrison Ford's like actual young, young face. face. Yeah. Fresh in my brain, and so I was staring at this, and I'm like, I can tell that this is old Harrison Ford, and also his voice, like it was his old like. His yeah. Old his face.
1: his voice was so distracting.
2: Yeah, his old like, coming out of his young face just was off.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that I think that's what added to the uncanny valley uh, vibe for me. Mm-hmm.
2: Is that
1: like, yeah, he looked like young Harrison Ford, but the voice that come comes out of that guy is the voice of an eighty year old man. <laughs>
2: yeah. which is funny. And I want to say and this is my my one big joke. Out of is I, I had, a, but I had this thought. I was watching the movie, and I'm like, eighty year old Harrison Ford still, still somehow handsome as fuck.
1: Yeah, like her. her Young Harrison Ford can get it. <laughs>
0: I'm when like, I know are i just you're saying, you're saying Lizzie, old, Lizzie, old, old, old. Lizzie, Lizzie, you agree with old
2: me? Young Harrison right? Ford he is still handsome. I think he's still really, obviously not yeah. the way he was when he was young, and he was literally the most beautiful human being that ever lived. But
1: oh my god, like yeah, he he was he was so he was so sexy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, it's the one good thing that came out of this new movie for me. Uh, not the one. There was lots of good things. I took my dad to see it. Yeah, yeah, like, like
1: I, I don't hate Dial of Destiny. It's just, yeah. it just, it just did not work for me though.
2: The youths, the youths are watch. Some of the youths are watching the old ones, and I, I started getting a couple edits on TikTok, like, like thirst crap edits of young Harrison Ford. <laughs> It's
0: like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> okay. please. I mean, at the theater, theater I was working at, you could tell that some of the uh, older ladies who were coming in were specifically saying they were coming in to see Harrison Ford, so. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, so, so funny. Yeah. Uh, Dial of Raiders? Destiny. That was just uh, – yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, Lizzie, you, you go first. You
2: go first. Oh, I was just going to say it's so funny because, like, Raiders literally have a joke about how <laughs> – He's so obscenely handsome that all of the young girls are in his class
1: just to stare. Yeah, like the, the girl with the with love you written on her eyelids. <laughs> that's me. That's me. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes, go, go, go. Okay, so, yeah. Uh, right now it has grossed uh, $356 million, which would be great. Unfortunately, the budget was... Three hundred million. So makes- as you know, uh, theaters take half of the profits of a film, so it would need to make at least six hundred million to match that. Plus, however much they spent on advertising, which let's be real, they spent probably hundreds of millions on advertising. <laughs> so uh, I stand by my. It, it, it should have made a billion to bre- to break even, but. Oh boy, that's disappointing. But that's just one, my friends. One of the many bombs and underperformances of 2023. One of the, another disappointing one for me was Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves. Have seen... you seen
0: that? I liked it a lot. Um, yeah, I,
1: I did like it a lot. I really liked Dungeons and Dragons, but unfortunately it did bomb at the box office.
0: Chris Pine is uh is uh, is fantastic at it. Uh but yeah, oh, yeah. Did like, I like I I
1: had I had a lot of fun with that movie. Yeah. So,
0: um yeah,
1: uh the budget was 150 million. It made 200 million and as I mentioned before, theaters take half the profits. so it would have to make at least 300 to 400 million to break even. And it did not do that, unfortunately.
0: Uh-uh.
1: Uh, another one was uh, Shazam: Fury of the Gods, which it was all right. I didn't like, see it. Uh, it. It was all right. Like I, I'd recommend giving giving it a watch. It's on uh, HBO Max right now. I refuse yeah, to call it Max. It is. I refuse to call it Max. It is HBO Max. Yeah. Uh, yes. It's just
2: HBO. It, yeah.
1: Or or just HBO.
2: <laughs> well, you're, not, you're not getting anything else out of
0: me. It's HBO. You see the jokes online about the other the jokes about the other streaming services. They should just cut off the they should just cut off the first half of their name. What? Yes. yes. Oh, and then uh, uh. Uh, there's there's one <laughs> there's one streaming service where you should cut off the front of it and just leave the second half. Which one? Uh the one that's owned by uh Universal. Cock. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got there. Yeah.
2: Unironically my favorite streaming service right now. It's got all the good stuff. What what does? Peacock.
0: I really? like
1: Shudder.
2: I li- yeah, Shudder's um uh,
1: Oh, sh- No sh- Shudder is great. I love Shudder.
2: Uh, but Peacock has, first of all, it's got Poker Face, and it's also got the entire backlog of um, uh, Columbo.
1: Yeah, right now Peacock is losing money, though. Why? It's yeah, got I, the entire backlog of
0: Columbo. Like, uh, well, yeah,
1: but, yeah, like I, I was reading about that earlier today, but uh, uh, let, me, let me find the thing here. Uh, Peacock. Uh,
0: I don't know that many people who are subscribed to Peacock. Ah, uh, here it is.
1: Uh, Peacock has lost 1.36 billion this year. The streaming platform is expected to lose 3 billion in 2023. Ooh. Yeah. So. Oof. mm -hmm. Oof. 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 Indeed. Yeah. Okay, but uh, back to the many flops. So yeah, Shazam: Fury of the Gods made 133 million against a production budget of 120 million. Mm. So that's unfortunate. But to be fair. The mar- there was no marketing at all for that movie, so at least Shazam: Fury of the Gods has an excuse, unlike The Flash, because that movie was advertised into oblivion, and it still flopped. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Elemental is kind of making a comeback. Is it? Yeah, I think Elemental uh, is
0: making just continually making money. Like, yeah, I can... it's
1: it's like it's not going to be profitable, but it's approaching four hundred million, and the production budget was two hundred million. So if it reaches that point, it'll like just barely break even, which is good, because like I I didn't care for Elemental that much, but. Like, at least it's an original Pixar movie, where they're trying, at least. Mm. But I'll say it again. Like, that movie did not look like it was worth $200 million to make. Because Spider-Verse, uh, both Spider-Verse movies, had a production budget of around $100 million. And Elemental, <laughs> as I said, has twice that. And it does not look like it costs twice that. Yeah. <sighs> but... Yeah, uh, Elemental is on its way to break even, so that's I would not count that among the flops yet. But what I would count among the flops is oh my god, there's so many. Uh, have have either of you seen 65? No, no, I
0: haven't. It's on Netflix like, now.
1: Yeah, it is on Netflix, but no one cares about it. <laughs> it was Adam Driver no and one cares dinosaurs. About it. Mm -hmm. Uh, what else is there? Uh, The Little Mermaid is one of the top grocers of the year, but at the same time, it vastly underperformed. Let's see, the production budget was 250 million, uh, grossed around 567, which would be good. Like, that would be enough to break even, but at the same time, I would imagine they spent a crap ton on advertising and whatnot. So I wouldn't imagine that it would be profitable for for Disney. Not to mention, I I didn't want to watch a Little Mermaid remake.
0: (laughs) By the way, do you think the folks over at Sony are stewing the fact that a meme of Barbenheimer led to the financial success of those two movies, but not Morbius? (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Like...
2: That is the single funniest thing that's ever happened, I think, ever.
1: Yes. Like, I cannot believe that happened.
2: I can't believe it happened, and I can't believe it worked. I can't believe we all banded together. The one time we almost achieved world peace, we all banded together and didn't go see it when it came out the second time.
0: Because, like, oh, my God. (laughs) What, did they think the movie was secretly a hit?
1: (laughs) No, like they saw all the memes about it and thought it was some sort of sleeper hit. So what they did was like they arranged to have it released again, and then it flopped again.
0: <laughs> it's like they didn't. <laughs> it's like they didn't get the joke that they were more making fun of the name than anything. Like the joke wasn't
2: understand. It's
0: morbid time. You
1: know <laughs> like the what the joke was? Like it, it entirely spun from that tweet that said. Uh, my favorite part of Morbius was when he said, "It's Morbin time," and Morbell <laughs> over those guys.
2: My like, favorite thing that
1: about one it, tweet spawned an entire meme culture.
2: <laughs> my favorite thing. My favorite thing because I still haven't seen it. I still haven't seen it. My no, favorite. I haven't seen like, it. Like it's, it's that, bad. It's I'm bad. Sure, I, I'm so positive. I am. I am. I, I am very confident about the fact that that line's definitely not actually in the movie. But I no. cannot. But I'll know- tell you. I'll tell you
1: a line that is in the movie.
2: Until I see it, and I never you know. will.
1: <laughs> yeah. but I'll tell you a line that is in the movie. To bats, it's lethal. To humans, it's deadly. <laughs> That's an actual
0: line from this
1: movie. <laughs> you know,
0: yeah. good writing there. Sounds like a, a, a morb of, of a good time.
1: But uh, as long as we're talking about that, uh, I retweeted this. Uh, uh, the Twitter user is some bad ideas. He tweeted this. I say this as someone who thinks Oppenheimer is one of the best films of the century. It is astonishing that a weird communist sympathizing existentially paranoid character study for adults, mostly full of meetings and rooms, somehow got morbid timed into being a massive hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, yeah, but the difference is this one was actually a hit. Yes. Yes.
2: This time, this is, and here's what's gonna happen. And people have already tweeted about this, and it's totally true. But the studios are gonna see this, and they're not gonna understand the fact that this worked because it happened so organically, and they're South
1: gonna to artificially it. The, like it's lame. So Paramount, Par, Paramount, and Lionsgate are already doing trying to do this shit with Patrol, uh, with Saw and Paw Patrol, the Mighty Movie. And I'm just over here like, what kid is going to come out of Paw Patrol and then immediately go to Saw 10?
2: Well, exactly. The thing that made, like, it's it's a perfect storm of things that made Barb, Barbenheimer work. But specifically the fact that most people, that both movies ultimately were appealing to a lot of people who could, in fact, go and see and would have an interest in
1: seeing both. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that, like, People who ordinarily wouldn't see a movie like Barbie went to see it, and vice versa. Like, the people who would go to see Barbie, who otherwise wouldn't have even bothered with Oppenheimer, because of this trend, went to see it.
2: Exactly, because both movies looked good and appealing to adults. It's, like...
0: Yeah, the trailer was funny enough that I think it convinced people, too. You know? (laughs)
2: Grownups don't want to go see. Who don't have children don't want to go see. Paw Patrol the movie.
1: No, I'm That's not going to
0: see Paw Patrol reason. the movie.
2: We're not That's... doing that. And Wait, group...
0: I thought you were going to go opening weekend. What?
1: No, I'm, I'm going opening. I'm going opening weekend to see
0: Saw Ten. I'm not no, no, no opening you're opening seeing. To... You're seeing Paw Patrol. Yeah. No, I'm not seeing Paw Patrol. Yeah, You're, <laughs> <seeing> <laughs> like
2: you're going. You just said you're going to see Paw Patrol, Ash.
0: You're yeah, you did. Like me. I heard it. You said. Boy, I can't gaslight, wait to see Paw Patrol.
1: Gaslight Gatekeep Girlbus. bus. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh listen to this. So, yeah, Oppenheimer earned a spectacular 119 million worldwide to bring its cumulative total past 400 million, which apparently was what it needed to be profitable. Uh, according so to it's already in the and, it's already in yeah, the profitable it's margin. Profitable. Yeah. But uh what they're predicting is that it's going to end its run uh, past like s- at least seven hundred and twenty million, which would be over Fast Ten. Did Fast 10, too? Did Fast Ten Did Fast Ten do well? Uh, no, that uh, it, it didn't flop. Like it is another one of the top grocers of the year, but at the same time, it had a production budget of three hundred million. Okay. So I'm just curious like, it didn't it didn't break any records by grossing 720 million dollars. That would normally be a great number for a movie, but since its production budget was so high, like it wasn't that profitable. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but what they're predicting is that Oppenheimer might pass the total of Fast 10. Hmm. Ooh.
0: Well, and and and, uh, and our Barbie is definitely going to make a billion, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Barbie might be the top grocer of the year. It might. No, I. I was t- I.
0: It was saying, yeah, Barbie's going to make the most money this year. I was, I was, I was, I was already pretty certain of it. You know.
1: Well, and- that's the thing. Like even before like the numbers for both were starting to come in, I never would have predicted that it would make this much money. But it's it's happening. And I'm astonished. Good. Yeah. I just yeah, had the feeling. And, yeah, and I had this to say. Uh, I quote tweeted that Oppenheimer thing, and I said, with this and the fact that Barbie has a good chance to dethrone Mario as the top grosser of the year, it's safe to say two things. One, absolute cinema. Two, the big studios are absolute fools to look at this and not want to return to the negotiating table to end the strike. So, like, they're willing to cut off their own noses despite their face. Despite looking at these numbers and somehow thinking, oh, wow, look at all this momentum for Barbie and Oppenheimer. We should kill it for any movies that are released for the rest of the year. Wow, big studios, you suck.
0: So the answer answer today is that... uh, Studios suck and mm-hmm. um Lizzie and I are scabs. Those are two answers, right?
1: So yep. that that is what we have that is what we have learned today on today's episode of the Gals of Gington podcast.
2: I am also a Barbie girl in a Barbie world.
1: And life, life in pla- and, and life in plastic is fantastic.
2: Yes. And with that I am Knuff.
1: You are uh, enough. Can it, but can we brush your hair and undress you everywhere? That's
2: yeah. the question. No. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even answer.
1: <laughs> and yes, I'm aware of how that sounded, and I wanted to say it anyway, just because <laughs> I wanted to complete the song. It's a good song. Yeah. Imagination, life is your creation.
0: Have you seen the the, the memes where they took the uh <laughs> They took the, uh, the Barbie part of that song and, like, altered the voice on uh, TikTok and stuff. To, uh, yeah. Hi, Is that what you're yeah. about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've
1: seen that. I've seen that.
0: I saw someone wearing a makeshift, uh, like, Eddie slash Venom costume where, like, Venom was, like, his, like, you, you know, like, when, like, Venom shows up, and he's just, like, his, like, slimy, snaky look?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, someone made that? Yeah, and they did they did the lip syncing to that, and it was really funny. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that.
2: I'm also, I'm usually very against the AI uh, voice creation things. I think 99.99999% of the time they're evil and shouldn't exist, and more artists should be suing people for using them. However, I did see a I fun... I think th- I know where you're going and it was Ben Shapiro, let's say, hypothetically, that I am a Barbie girl, right? <laughs> right, hypothetically.
1: Oh, oh! I-, I thought you were going to mention uh, the fact that they made J. Robert Oppenheimer sing I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Okay. <laughs> I'm not seeing that. I haven't yeah. seen that one. I, I thought that's it what was- you were going to mention, but that it sounds was- hilarious. It was
2: Ben Benjamin- Shapiro. And let's say, let's say, under this hypothetical, um I, I, I would be in a Barbie world, right? Yes. So I am a Barbie girl and I'm in the bar, in a Barbie, a Barbie world. And I would here also know that life in plastic, it It is indeed fantastic.
0: It is indeed uh, fantastic. <laughs> uh, did you, did you, did you see the, uh, I think I sent, I think I sent that to you, Lizzie, but it was the, the clip so, like, Ben was, like, complaining about Hari Neff's voice being deeper than his. And then, like, there was a video of this cis woman who's like, Hi, cis woman here. I've got a deeper voice than you. 99% of the world does. Yeah, like, my cis mom has a deeper voice than him.
2: No, I saw someone who was, they put on a Mickey Mouse voice. Like, can you believe this? A woman? Your voice is deeper, deeper
0: than mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know Ben. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't sound. Any, there's, there's no sounding any different. It's the same. What are you talking about? <laughs> and he uh, said, "It's twerp." That weeby little twerp.
1: One, okay. one, yeah, uh, one. One more thing. One more thing that I'd like to mention before we end the podcast. Uh this incredibly fucked up decision by Disney. Uh, Disney will reportedly stop releasing DVDs and Blu-rays in Australia. Their last physical home media release in Australia will be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3.
2: Fuck you, Disney.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, did you see that they're selling a a steelbook of WandaVision without any discs? Fuck you.
0: Well, I think I heard that that was actually a uh, a miscommunication online where it was just a fan... Like it wasn't an actual official release.
2: Is this a thing a fan made?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but th- what I just mentioned is real,
1: though. Yeah. yeah no, I believe they're not. Yeah. Not going to release DVDs and Blu-rays in Australia anymore.
2: Okay. Fuck you, Disney. How? Fuck you. No, uh, I, that pisses me the fuck off because you know what, Disney? Because this is the thing. This is the thing that drives me so that pit like makes me mad at Disney because Disney. Whatever you want to say about. Disney as it existed under Waltz, and about Walt Disney as a human being, he wasn't a good one. Whatever you want to say about no, it, but Walt wasn't. Disney gave a goddamn fuck about film and art. He did. And I, he lie, I, I, I
1: can't company. disagree with you. I can't disagree with you there. I agree.
2: And he made this company because he cared, and he did want – like, he – like he had a passion for the art form and and for the the art that the artists made and this is just this is just a flagrant disgusting um greedy misuse of the resources if you're going to destroy the fucking film industry if you're going to monopolize the entire fucking American film industry Disney, if this is what you're going to do, I need you to at least use your insurmountable, like, inconceivable fucking resources to do something worthwhile in the form of preservation. I need someone in charge to at least give a goddamn fuck. And no one in charge does, and it, it pisses me off so
1: much anyway. <laughs> I mean, this, this is all about, you know,
0: maximizing their profits, you know.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, anyway, everything's going to
0: end on today. Everything should be released physically. I am, I am a physical release person. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, As and with that note, I was very glad to have you back on this week. Actually, <laughs> it's been a little bit. Uh,
1: thank you, thank you. It has. It's been yeah.
0: more than a month. Well, yeah, two we, months actually. Yeah, ooh, sorry. <laughs>
2: We've been having <laughs> difficulty with right. scheduling in general around the Yeah,
0: house. Okay. Yeah, just we're working more. But uh with that being said, uh who wants to plug their stuff first? Me.
1: Uh you can follow me on Twitter at Ashie Groovy and on Letterboxd at Ashyslashy. Lizzie?
2: Uh you can find me at Lizzie Lemondrop on Twitter or the final who on TikTok or Lizzie Lemon Drop on Blue Sky.
1: I have. Oh, oh yes, because
0: nice. we are going. Yeah, I don't I, think I, I follow I, I you on to. Blue Sky yet. I got. I'm on there. Okay. I don't have
2: any. I, I, I don't have a code yet, anybody. So don't ask me. I don't have one yet.
0: I don't Wait. have a code either. I just was. I was actually gifted a code. So. Same. Um. But yeah. I will. I will follow you both there. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, and. You can find me on Twitter. It's not X. I don't give a shit. I'm gonna call it X. I'm not gonna call it F. I'm dead naming, Twitter is gonna be Twitter. Twitter's always gonna be Twitter. I don't give a shit what, he, what Muskie Boy does with his huge fucking bright sign that he put up that's flashing constantly into the apartments next door. Sign. The city
2: fucking. of San Francisco made him turn it off.
0: Wait, is it off now? Yes, it did. Oh. oh, thank God! I saw the video and I was angry. <laughs> Literally, could cause someone a seizure. I'm not kidding. Like, fuck you. Uh, so it's Twitter. Oh, so, sorry, you yeah. transphobic little shitheel. Uh, <laughs> yeah. this is
1: the this is the only time where it's appropriate to dead name.
0: <laughs> yes, so uh, you can find me on Twitter. At Crystal W Rocks. And you can find me on Blue Sky at the same thing. I'm on a bunch of websites, including a medium under Crystal Williams. So please read my writing and do the thing. And donate if you like. But uh yeah, that's that's all I got. Uh thank you again for listening to another episode of the the Gals of Geekdom Podcast. We love having you back and listening to us ramble about movies and bullshit. <laughs> We love you all very much. See you next time. Me too. Goodbye. Bye bye.